All right, praise God. Listen, we're going to be in our book of Acts, chapter 2. We're going to be reading a few portions of Scripture. Acts, Acts chapter 2. This is the penultimate sermon in our series called Power On. We've been speaking about uh, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we've been doing that because, uh, you know, I solemnly believe that there is more to following Christ uh, than just morals, although morals are good. Rituals, rituals is something we do continually, uh, and rigid theology. Theology is good. It's the study of the Bible. It's the study of the Word of God. But as you follow Christ, there is more than just morals, rituals, and rigid theology. Biblical Christianity is unavoidably supernatural at its roots. If you don't believe in the supernatural, I'm sorry I'm about to burst your bubble tonight. Because it is unavoidable. You can't look at Christianity of the Bible and say there are no supernatural works that connect with it. So this is why for the past four weeks we've been looking at the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the penultimate one, the last one next week, talking about the power. So just to recap, we've been speaking about the power of the Holy Spirit. So far we spoke about the purpose of the Holy Spirit, and the purpose is to bring God's power to your life personally. It's not a power that is far off. It's to bring the power of God to your life personally. Jesus said it is to your advantage that I go away. We looked at the roles of the Holy Spirit, how he is to be present with us, how he is to bring conviction and also bring guidance, that we're able to be guided by the Holy Spirit. And last week we spoke about being Holy Spirit witnesses. How Jesus said, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So we're going to continue on the series of Power On today, talking about speaking in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues is one of those subjects that there's two kind of people right here under the sound of my voice. Either you know exactly what I'm talking about and you've been speaking in tongues for years. Or you've heard about the situation, it's a bit like, ooh, a bit dubious, not so sure about that. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here tonight because the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you tonight. And I really do absolutely believe that as I was praying here tonight before the service, I really do believe that God is going to do something here. Who's ready to see God move in this place tonight? Just me, all right. Who's ready to see God move in this place tonight? Uh, Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Amen. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. The Bible says, uh, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon, sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the first thing I want to look at is the timing and the evidence. It says that they were filled and then began to speak with other tongues. These were people that were already believers and followers of Christ. 
These people believed in Christ. They were his disciples. They were gathered together. Dare I say, most of them walked with Christ. They understood. They saw his ministry. They believed. They were with one accord in the room. And they all believed in Christ. So here we understand that the filling of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues is secondary to salvation. In other words, that this isn't like a prerequisite to be saved In other words, if you're not speaking in tongues, that means you're not saved. No, this is separate or independent of salvation. I heard people say, listen, unless you speak in tongues, you will not make heaven. I just have to point them to the thief in the cross. He was about a Christian for about 35 seconds. And can I tell you, he's the happiest person in heaven. When we go, he's going to be the one running around celebrating because he just made it in. Can you say amen? So it is secondary to salvation. It is not a prerequisite because we understand there's nothing for us to do to be saved. Why? Because Jesus did it all. I have to say that because sometimes Christians don't believe that. They believe they have to do this and have to do that in order to be saved. But Jesus Christ paid it all. Amen. Can I have a drink of water, please? You don't mind. Daniel, God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. So it's separate to salvation. And I want to look at Acts chapter 19, verse number 1. We're going to read how Paul was in Ephesus. And we're going to read what happened when he went to Ephesus here. In verse number 1, the Bible says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, and Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We've not so much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then have you been baptised? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then John indeed baptised with a baptism of repentance, but saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that it is on this Christ Jesus. I want to pause right now as I get this water. Just right now, if you can all just bow your heads, just close your eyes and pray for a little bit right now. Uh, I feel a little bit weaker. Again, it's happened once and it's going to happen again. Let's just pray right now and ask God uh, for direction here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father in heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, have your way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As I was saying... Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Acts 19, so Paul is going to Ephesus. And some of you, listen, just before I finish off, listen, last time I I was preaching about something supernatural, this exact same feeling came over. So that's how I know confirmation. God is going to speak to somebody tonight. Uh, You've come here tonight, uh, not by coincidence, not by chance. Uh, So I want to say in Acts 19, when Paul is going to Ephesus, uh, He's saying to the people, the disciples there in Ephesus, listen, I understand you're saved, but have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? In other words, he had something that was burning within him. He was saying, listen, I know you've got saved. I know you've been baptized in water, but there is a priority. There is something else you need to continue on with. There is some power that you need to have. And in verse number five, they said this when they, were, when they heard this. God bless you. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, they, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So here we see evidence of what God was doing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, we see it's separate to salvation. These people in Ephesus were already saved. But here we see that we have the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in other tongues. This is the initial evidence. All throughout the Bible, when we see uh, uh, the accounts, we see things, our main text in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, there was a mighty rushing wind and they spoke with other tongues. In Acts chapter 19, we just read, he went to Ephesus, they spoke with other tongues. And we understand the story in Acts chapter 10, when Peter went to Cornelius' house, he went, he preached the gospel. And the Bible says in verse number 44 of Acts chapter 10, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So here we see uh, large accounts of when the Holy Spirit filled people and the evidence was directly after that uh, that people were speaking in other tongues. In Acts chapter 8 we see an account of a local sorcerer who wanted to uh, uh, continue his sorcery. But when he saw the, uh, uh, um, uh, the apostles come to preach the word of God, he watched the minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. And in verse number 17, it says, Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying of, on of hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered the money saying, Give me this power. In other words, he could see something evident. This particular scripture doesn't necessarily say they spoke in tongues, but there was an evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. There is something tangible that happens. There is something that Simon saw that says, give me this power. There is an evidence when the Spirit is uh, indwelling in somebody. There is something that we would see or something that we would hear. Many times I spoke about this last week, um, that sometimes we reduce the Holy Spirit to just a mere feeling. Just a mere, oh that felt nice and warm and bubbly. No, if we look at the accounts of in Acts, we see that there is an evidence and something we should be looking out for when we pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit. So there we have it. It is biblical. It is there in the Word of God. It is not an addition to or a prerequisite, sorry, to salvation. It is there for all to see. Even Jesus said at the end of Mark, listen, these signs will follow those who believe. It is independent of salvation and And speaking in tongues is something we should be looking out for. But what's the point in speaking in tongues? What's the point? Is it just a phenomenon so we can say, yeah, we can speak in tongues? I want to look that speaking in tongues is a sign of surrender. See, the basis of sin is pride. And pride says, I'm in control. But when we surrender, we say, God, I'm going to let you be in control. And we want to be as far away from pride as possible because we know the Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to who? The humble. To be a follower of Christ, we have to be humble. 
The Apostle Paul often introduced himself as a bondservant to Christ, a slave to Jesus Christ. When we speak in tongues, we are relinquishing control and we are also relinquishing understanding. When we speak in tongues, we're speaking in a language that is between, that is to God. It is not a language that we speak towards men. Look at 1 Corinthians 14 and verse number 2. The Bible says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. And for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So as we speak to God or as we speak in tongues, we're giving away our understanding. We like to be in control. We like to understand everything. But when you speak in tongues, we're speaking without the understanding. It is a direct connection to God. And when we speak in tongues, listen, sometimes people can look at people that speak in tongues and saying that is foolishness. But I thank God that God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put the shame the wise. We're to stand and say, okay, I'm going to humble myself and, and relinquish control. Speaking is a direct connection to God. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there is a direct, direct communication to God. You're able to speak without human limitations. You know, sometimes when you speak, you want to say things. You don't have the vocabulary to speak. You don't have the words to be able to produce what you're feeling inside. Well, when you speak in tongues, it goes outside of your vocabulary. It is outside the limitations of what you can say. It is outside your understanding. Listen, we speak so much in this church about the supernatural existence that we're living. It's not just all we can see, feel and touch. There's more going on. So when we pray in this spirit... We pray with an understanding that's beyond our natural understanding. We're praying in the, in, the, in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're able to do things and move things, bind things, unlock things that we don't even understand ourselves in the natural. Speaking in tongues brings personal edification. You know, something is built up or strengthened inside of you when you speak in tongues. Look at 1 Corinthians 14 and verse number 4. It says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. And that word edifies, it literally means to build or to strengthen. Talking about building on a foundation. So when you speak in tongues, the Bible says you edify, you build up yourselves. Look at Jude 1 and verse number 20. The Bible says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up, up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Our faith is built up when we pray in this discipline. When we get revelation, we get it from when we pray in this discipline. We get insight when we speak in tongues. Listen, our spiritual person is being built up when we starve the flesh and we begin to move in the supernatural. And I'll kind of culminate as we bring this, because I want to spend some time praying, definitely. You can't speak like this and not spend time praying. But I want to culminate in the blessing of speaking in tongues. You see, John 16, verse number 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority. but Whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. As we walk, as we journey through life, we need to contend to function in the power of the Spirit of God. Because it is He that will guide us in all truth. 
We can't even understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit. It is he that inspired the writers to write what they did in the Bible. We need to contend for the power of the Holy Spirit so we can be guided into all truth. And when we speak, we speak out in tongues. It is an evidence of the indwelling spirit within us. And we begin to edify ourselves. We begin to connect ourselves with the spirit of God as we speak out. I want to read some stats to you. A man named Dr. Carl Peterson, he's a professor from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's a brain specialist. And I don't want to read this, so forgive me for reading, but I want to read it to make sure I get it right. It says, while doing research on a relationship between the brain and praying or speaking in tongues, some amazing things were discovered through research and testing. They was literally scanning brains as people were speaking in tongues and praying. And it said that Dr. Peterson found that as we pray in tongue, the brain releases two chemicals that are directed to our immune system. And our immune system is literally boosted by 35 or 40% when we're praying in tongues. Can you believe that? I don't know if you studied that when you were studying medicine, Toby. But listen, you praying in tongues, literally your brain secretes a chemical that builds up your immune system. So you could be sick in this place. Come on now. You could have some pain in this place. And all you've got to do is rise up with the Spirit of God inside of you. Speak tongues, words without understanding and the body that God designed will begin to heal itself because the spirit of God that lives inside you can breathe life where there was death where there was cancerous cells the spirit of God can breathe life if we would just humble ourselves to the power that we will with the Holy Spirit I found that absolutely amazing not surprised but amazed because I know the Bible tells us, listen, when you lay hands on the sick, the Bible says they shall recover. You know, the Azusa Street Revival was in the 1900s. I believe in 1906 it started, lasted for, for, for almost eight years consecutively. They didn't stop for about eight years. Um, and there's, there's many, many churches that have, have, have been born because of the Azusa Street Revival. Uh, many Pentecostal churches today, uh, as a result of what happened there, our fellowship alone here, Potter's House, uh, is as a result of what happened in Azusa Street Revival. Uh, it, there's loads of churches that are still running powerfully today uh, because of this revival. And there's many, many stories and accounts uh, that you can pick out. I picked out one, uh, uh, an account, a classic story of what happened. A Jewish man who was a scholar he used to lecture against Christians he spent his time researching the Christian faith in order to debate it he would go to synagogues and preach and tell Jews how to debate Christians he was very wise in what he did and he used to tour around and to give people ammunition to fight against the Christians he used to go to churches and listen to pastors preach in order that he can pull apart their sermon and talk how they've got this wrong, got this incorrect. He heard all that stuff. And one day he heard about what was happening in the Azusa Street Revival. 
And he says, oh, it's another one of those uh, freaky churches. I'm going to go and find myself uh, in this place. So he travelled to LA uh, to go into one of their services. Uh, He crept in, he came to one of their services. uh, And as he came to the service, as he entered in, uh, it wasn't there too long that a lady felt led to pray uh, in tongues over him uh, and for him, uh, laid hands on him and started praying in tongues. uh, And as she was praying in tongues, uh, he was absolutely amazed. uh, He was mesmerised and he just kept on staying there. She was praying in tongues and it came time in a service where people came to testify of what God was doing in that service and he went to the front and here it is a Jewish man who came to interrogate. He went to the front to testify saying, listen, nobody knows who I am here. Nobody knows my name. In fact, I gave a false name but as I came in, this lady was praying in a language that she did not know but I understood the language. It was Hebrew and what she was saying was said she spoke his first name spoke his last name told him his occupation and said listen you need to repent and give glory to God and right there he dropped to his knees and repented and his life was completely changed and transformed because she was speaking in tongues and a language that she didn't know what was going on but God was using that to minister to people listen can I say there is a power that is untapped if we don't exercise our language our heavenly language there is a dominion that we're not going to be able to step into if we don't practice what God has deposited inside of us listen it is the same power the same spirit that lifted Christ up from the dead raised him up is the same spirit that lives in you that you can use to function you can use to edify yourself but also you can use to be a witness for Jesus Christ anywhere that you go can I tell you there is a power there is a dominion that this church and this generation needs to tap into and I'm really passionate about this because, uh, listen, we have not come to just have a, a, a situation or a time of meetings. We've not come even just to study theology. And although studying theology is great and we were doing that, but it's not just that alone because Paul said the kingdom of God is more than just word, but it is in power as well. Can you say amen in this place? We need to understand that speaking in tongues is uh, uh, one of the early evidences uh, of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I want to challenge everyone here today that if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that, that we contend that we continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, well, tonight uh, we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you right here, right now. And I know we can do that because the Bible says, listen, if you being evil, you fathers, you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more the Father in heaven will give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And I do this because I want to supercharge what God is doing right here in this building. I want to supercharge what God is doing in your life personally. I want to supercharge what he's doing in this generation because God wants to move supernaturally. You know when God gets to moving and the, 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 the revival of the Holy Spirit gets to be evident. Listen, all the other things that we worried about pale into insignificance when we realise what God is trying to do with our lives. Listen, I guarantee you, when you see God move, the problems, the issues that you're fretting about, you're worrying about will become minuscule. 
Because you understand that you've seen the power of the, the, the creator of the universe. You've seen it. You've witnessed it with your own eyes. Um, there's, a, there's a group of people, a group of Christians called cessationists. I've, I've mentioned them before. A cessationist believe that the power of God and miraculous signs and wonders died off with the apostles. In other words, it was for the apostles. And when they died, that's it. Now the Holy Spirit is uh, uh, just to give us witness uh, to understand literature, to understand the word of God and stuff like that. There is no power for miracles. Jesus said, those who believe, signs and wonders will follow those who believe. And it isn't just a select few. It says those who believe. It didn't give a race. It didn't give a gender. Didn't give an age. He said, those who believe. How many people believe that tonight in this place? Come on now. So what I want to do, what I want to do is pray tonight. We're going to spend a little bit of time praying tonight. And I believe that God wants to break something tonight. I pray, I believe that God wants to do something tonight to... Um, I was going to preach on something slightly different, but no, I was directed to this one for a reason. And I want to do that tonight. I want us to pray uh, as we consider speaking in tongues uh, as Holy Spirit-filled believers uh, of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. uh.